Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. Once again, we are joined by our favorite guest of the show, Christopher Tracy. Chris, welcome back. How you doing? Doing good, D. How about you? Good, good, good. We are here today to talk about the popular vote. And I got to tell you, Chris, I have some feelings on this topic. Today, we are going to talk about everything that is wrong with the conversation surrounding the popular vote and i have some uh i have some takes on this but i want to i definitely want to bring you into this as well and get your thoughts on this before all of that though i just want to get a little bit of like i'm gonna lay the groundwork for this episode really quick the democratic convention will be coming up later this year sometime in the summer i forget if it's in july or august right now and the conversation right now is centered around whether or not someone like Bernie Sanders, who as of today is on track to have a plurality of all of the votes, but not enough to outright win the nomination, <clears throat> whether or not he should be allowed to have the nomination. So basically how it's set up right now is that you have to get 1,991 delegates in order to outright win the Democratic nomination. Now, if you don't get that amount of delegates, then you have to go to the convention. And then at that point in time, on what they call the second ballot, the super delegates get to essentially align themselves with a candidate. And they can help any candidate they want to essentially get past that 1,991 mark because there are 750 super delegates. So right now, the superdelegates have – there was like 93 of them that were interviewed just this week in a New York Times piece. And of the 93 that were interviewed, all of them but nine said that they would do whatever it took to block Bernie Sanders from getting the nomination, even if he had an outright majority of the votes. So that is the groundwork for this episode. Chris – Tell me, what are your thoughts on the popular vote as it pertains to our politics? Like, tell me, where, where's your headspace at on this? Well, I don't know. I can understand why we don't fully go on it. But at the same time, it's, I don't know. I mean, I could see the other side, too. And, like, it allows, you know, establishment hacks to steal things away from the people. Right. And, and, you know, the, the th- here's my thing. You know, we're going to break this, this conversation down a little bit more. But the first thing I want to bring up is, as of right now, the Democratic Party is basically trying to lay the groundwork for essentially stealing the nomination from the person that they believe is going to have the most pledged delegates. And I love the fact that they keep saying the phrase pledged delegates because they don't want to say what it actually means. They're going to take the person who has the most votes, the person who was voted for by the most people in the United States, and they're going to rip the nomination away from that person 
And the party itself is going to give it to the person that they like the most, and they don't really care what the people want. So all of that canvassing, all that door knocking, all of that fundraising, all of that voting and standing in line and getting people to babysit your kids, all of that doesn't mean jack. Because you know what? The party is like, listen, we can't be having this dude get the nomination. So all that democracy you guys love so much. Get that, get that stuff the hell out of here. We don't care about any of that. That stuff can hit the highway because we're the party that spent the last three years talking about how we need to abolish the Electoral College. We need to get rid of the Electoral College. If we didn't have the Electoral College, then Trump wouldn't be president right now. And the second that the whole like popular vote thing isn't working for them, guess what? They don't give a damn about the popular vote. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, they're creating their own Electoral College. And they're like, oh, you know what? That's just the rule. That's just how these things go. The Democratic establishment is two-faced to the core, and it's disgusting. They really mm. are. Yes. Especially when you've got a... I was listening to The Hill rising with Cigar and Crystal, and they, were, they played a clip of some interview with some DNC insider guy saying that the people don't really decide the nominee. The party does. I mean, they openly, this guy just openly said it. It's it's disgusting for the people at home who don't know what a superdelegate is. Basically, a superdelegate is a party insider that is picked by the Democratic National Committee. And essentially, they have what I would refer to as a super vote. So in order for let, let's just take one state, for instance, like um, like Iowa, Iowa had about like 40 delegates as a state. So as a state of like, you know, like 2 million people, or I'm sorry, 3 million people, they were able to allocate like 41 delegates. Okay. So what you're basically understanding from that math is that not every person is worth one delegate. So about one, I would say about every like 10,000 people who vote equate to one delegate that a, that a candidate can get. But one of these party insiders one person is one vote. So these people, these superdelegates, their vote is equivalent to about 10,000 regular people votes. It's the most undemocratic thing I've ever heard of in my life. As they sit there and complain about like the Electoral College not being truly representative of the country, they have a system in place where they have party insiders who each one of their individual votes is worth like 10,000 regular people votes. Like, it makes no sense to me. It's absolutely, it's a sham. It's an absolute sham. Yeah, I agree. And as of right now, they are doing everything they can behind the scenes to set it up so that Bernie Sanders cannot get to that 1991 mark. So the superdelegates can swoop in at the end and put all of their weight behind whoever is second in order to make sure that person gets the nomination. And I want everyone at home to understand what that looks like. Imagine if you get to the convention in the summertime and Bernie Sanders has 45% of the national vote, and the person in second has like 30%, a full 15% behind. And the superdelegates all get behind that person so they can push him over the edge or her over the edge in order to, for that person to get 51%. That's going to destroy this party. Undoubtedly. And he will dance to victory and the conservatives will laugh at us. By he, you mean Trump? Yes. I, I just don't even understand it. I actually heard 
recently also on rising because you know we do love that show on our show here yeah that some of the super delegates are not only okay with that that they're embracing the idea that they're okay with not only destroying the democratic party as a whole but they're okay with trump getting reelected just so that bernie doesn't get reelected or so that bernie won't get elected yeah exactly I, I can't even put into words just how gross that is. Like it, it feels gross coming out of my mouth, Chris. Yeah, man, it's it's petty. It's very, very petty. And it's it's awful. It is a true testament to how far the special interests and the true power of this country is willing to go to make sure that someone like Bernie does not get the nomination. Because even as the nominee, it just it is a signal to the rest of the country because and that's ultimately what this is all about this is the same reason why people like the Koch brothers were fighting so hard to make sure that a, a liberal city like seattle wouldn't pass a 15 dollars an hour minimum wage which they did because they know that these things have a trickle down effect because once someone like bernie gets the nomination it's not really so much about what he would do as president it's the fact that knowing that someone like him could get nominated which only leads to more people like him running in the future, which would ultimately change this country forever. And that's what they're afraid of. So this whole idea about the popular vote, it's just a, it's just a sham. It, it's, it really is just a sham. They don't actually believe in, in the popular vote. They only believe in it because it's convenient for them at the moment. Definitely. Now, you, uh, you lived in Seattle at one point, didn't you? In the Pacific Northwest? Yes. What is the mood around that area right now? Is would you say that that Bernie Sanders is popular up in that area, or is that more Elizabeth Warren country? Is Pete Buttigieg popular? What's going on up there? Oh no, Bernie is by far the most popular candidate out here, and I would say next in line would be Andrew Yang. And I've seen very few Mayor Pete things, but they're here too. Okay, so you're not really seeing too much Elizabeth Warren up there. No, not at all. And that's a good thing because I'm sure you saw on Rising as well, she got asked a super delegate's question and she lied. Yes, yes. She uh, was talking about the fact that, you know, that I think the question that was brought up was that does she agree with what's happening right now with the whole person of like, should the person with the most votes have the nomination stolen from them? And she said that this process is a process that Bernie agreed to, which was disingenuous because he only agreed to the convention being set up this way because the way it originally was that the superdelegates would vote initially with the people instead of waiting until the convention like they are now. What he, re- what he wanted originally was to get rid of the superdelegates altogether. And the party said no, but they compromised by doing it this way. And she knows this, but she tried to make it sound as though, like, the system that's in place right now is what Bernie wanted completely and that he can't be upset about the way it is right now, which is just totally false. And I I feel like as time goes on, I like Elizabeth Warren less and less. And I I really – it's a shame because I feel like she was a person who had some, you know, like, potential to be a really good – You know, sorry – yeah, don't don't mean to cut you off, D. But I feel like bringing her up and just saying that you uh, you know, I've got some really good things to say. You know, yeah. I, you know who she's reminding me of? Who is that? She she is like the Ted Cruz for Democrats. Oh, because he came in twenty sixteen 
he was supposed to be one of their, you know, strong performers. And just slowly and slowly, he unwound himself and Trump ripped him alive. And this is what's happening to Elizabeth Warren. She came in. She had credibility for me about a year and a half ago. Yes. And just little by little, she's just undoing herself. And she's just proven herself to be a habitual liar and another party establishment hack. I just feel like Elizabeth Warren's the kind of politician who will say whatever she needs to say at any given moment to look good. There is just so many times where she's contradicted herself and it just doesn't look good. And honestly, it's a shame because I really felt like she was going to be better than that. But, you know, it's hard to find a person who's honest in politics. I mean, it really is. I mean, people were saying that, uh, you know, Bernie should run with Elizabeth Warren. I got to be honest. I'm against that. I don't want her anywhere on the ticket. No, I thought it. I even thought it up until like a couple weeks ago. But as time has continued to go on, it just it just doesn't feel. No, I feel like what the what the party needs right now is authenticity. And we finally have a real chance at it. And we need to take it because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing in politics right now, as far as I'm concerned, whether it's the real authenticity that you get from Bernie or it's fake authenticity that you get from Trump. Well, I guess to, to a degree, Trump does have some authenticity. He is himself, however you want to call that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is 100% Trump. That is, that is an absolute fact. But, you know, and that just brings it up, though. It's like, I mean, who in the heck could run with Bernie? I mean, people have floated Andrew Yang, but I heard he doesn't really want to do that. So I don't know who else is there that has got some credibility that can run with him because there's nobody else on that stage that could do it. Not on that stage, no, but his, um, the chairman or the chairwoman, I think, of his staff altogether is a lady by the name of Nina Turner. Uh, she is a, a black lady from Ohio. She was a state senator, I believe, for Ohio. And she's been his like campaign chair for, I believe, this entire election cycle. And she's pretty impressive. I've seen her on MSNBC and CNN quite a bit. I would not be surprised whatsoever if he picked her, not only because she's, you know, his, you know, the chair of his campaign, but she's also someone who is black and a female and from a swing state. It just kind of kind of just checks all those traditional boxes that you would try to get with your vice presidential nomination. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, good on that. Yeah. Cause you know, I've heard some people floating the idea of Tulsi Gabbard, but I just, I just don't know if there's enough there. That's a positive like nationally. I know that she has her really hardcore base of followers on Twitter and some of them are followers of my podcast. So I apologize if some of you are upset with me right now. But I just do not see the national appeal that Tulsi has outside of her of her base, really. I mean, just watching the first three contests, she got almost no votes in Iowa, New Hampshire, or Nevada. I just don't, like, where are her votes even at? And you know what? I feel the reason why she didn't get all, the reason why she didn't get the votes, because she didn't get the required attention, and she didn't get that required attention because she took down their front runner, Kamala Harris. You know, she she did not get a whole lot of attention. I do agree with that. But I got to tell you, like, sometimes I think when you focus too much on one issue, which I feel like is what her problem was, that can take you down. Because, you know, as far as like, like someone like Andrew Yang was concerned, 
he had so many different policy issues that I heard him talk about when he was, you know, like on a, a podcast with Joe Rogan or whether he was talking to Ben Shapiro or I like saw him on several other interviews online. He had so many policy issues. But whenever he was on the debate stage, now I realized he didn't get a whole lot of time to talk. But when he did get to talk, all he would ever talk about was automation. And like, it was a good thing for him to drive that point home, but he spent too much time talking about it. So I thought like he was just like a one issue candidate. You know, you got to look at this from like a national perspective. And so with all the airtime that he had, he still barely got any votes. And I feel like Tulsi made that same mistake where all she would talk about was her views on war. And so I don't know what else Tulsi has to offer because she didn't put herself out there more. That's true. But I mean, if there was ever an issue to focus most of your attention on, that would be that. Because our war is the thing that most threatens our national security. And it's the thing that most, you know, has got us in financial trouble. I have no objection to what you just said whatsoever. All I'm trying to say is when you're trying to put yourself out there to become the person who's going to be elected, a nominee of a party, you have to diversify. Definitely. You know, because I I agree. Yeah, because I know for a fact that, you know, like Bernie, how he feels about Medicare for all. And I know like Elizabeth Warren said that she felt like, but I also know their other policy positions because they spend a lot of time talking about them. So it's just like, you just got to do a better job. And I feel like Tulsi and Andrew Yang are both young politicians. Like they're both relative, but they're both, I think they're both in their forties. So they'll be back. And I hope that they both do better next time when we see them again. No doubt. And unfortunately I feel as though Pete Buttigieg will also be back. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, he's another one. We were saying, well, I think like a year ago that, you know, we, we maybe would consider him. And now we're just kind of like, uh, yeah, no. I, for the, for the people at home, I want you to know that I watched every single, I think it was like 17 or 18 of them. I watched every single town hall that CNN had to offer last April uh, when everyone was announcing their candidacies. And after watching all 17 or 18 of these town halls, my number one candidate that I liked at that time was Pete Buttigieg. He was my number one. And as the campaign went on, I just found out more and more stuff about him. Everything that came out was just worse and worse. And by the time we got to New Hampshire a few weeks ago, I was completely convinced that he was just a slime ball. I really was. Now, it's a shame. It's, it really is a shame. My thoughts exactly. Yeah. But with that being said, we are going to wrap up this segment once again by saying to all of the people at home that you can join us in this conversation. Reach out on Twitter, DM on Instagram, ask us your questions, tell me your objections. If you hate everything I just said, be afraid to tell me that too. So, Chris, thanks again for coming on, and we will see you when we come back from the break. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. 
Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at Betty'sDivine.com. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode, Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome back from the break, everyone. I just wanted to briefly touch on this popular vote issue a little bit further before we end this episode today. I want to start off by saying that I am not actually a person who is completely for the popular vote. And I know that that's an unpopular opinion. I have my reasons for feeling that way, but I'll keep them to myself for this particular episode. I'm sure in the future they'll come up. But I do see a merit in the Electoral College as it currently is standing. However... While I feel that way, that does not take away from my anger towards the popular vote issue that is currently happening with the Democratic Party. And it's not just because I like Bernie. The reason is, is that I am a really big proponent on consistency and authenticity. Mean what you say and address each issue the same way you addressed other issues. They don't, it's okay to change your opinion from time to time, but there needs to be consistency in your values. There needs to be consistency in your values. And the Democratic Party has been yelling since the moment Hillary lost the election that they do not believe in the Electoral College, they believe in the popular vote, they believe the person who has the most votes needs to be declared the winner of an election because that's how democracies work. And all I'm trying to say is if that is what you believe, then it is absolutely reprehensible to have the system that they currently have in place like they do in Iowa with those caucuses, like they do here with the superdelegates. It is disgusting to sit here on one hand and trash the Electoral College and say that there's no reason to have that exist because of how it disproportionately like creates a system where rural voters have more of a say than urban voters and then turn around and have a democratic primary process where a few party elites have 
extraordinary more power than the everyday working person, even though they're all just regular citizens. No sense whatsoever. It is absolutely beyond me. And if we don't collectively call out this bullshit when we see it, if we don't collectively stand up and yell about it, and they're going to just continue to exploit it, they're going to continue to take advantage of it, people have to not only show that they're paying attention, but be outright upset about it and let them know that they're not going to continue to get away with it. It's only through collective knowledge and collective organization that nonsense like this will not continue. So if you can take anything from our discussion here today, please go out and vote. Do not let people who are actively abusing our political systems continue to be in office. If you know firsthand that somebody in your district or in your state, someone who's a senator that's in your state or someone who is a member of Congress in your state or in your district, who is advocating for this rigged, corrupt system, vote them out. Yes, I will go that far to say that. Vote them out. If you can't stand a vote for a Republican, then vote for their primary opposition. We do not need to continue a policy in this country where people will say whatever it is they need to say to maintain power. I understand that that's how politics has been going for a long time. But we all know it's nonsense and we all want it to change. And if we are ever going to have it change, we need to start putting people out of a job who are consistently willing to just say whatever it is they need to say to get elected, but basically have no values whatsoever other than maintaining their power. everyone that is our show for today i want to thank you all for checking out indie thought independent thought is brought to you by your host desmond price you can follow us on twitter at independent thought or at indie i-n-d-e thought so again thank you all for coming and hanging out with me for those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next time.